What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Nurse Ree, and you're tuning in to Forensic Nurse Files. This is an informative but fun true crime podcast that follows the careers of three forensic nurse examiners. We just want to note that this podcast uses foul language, some sarcasm, and contains descriptions of adult themes and violence that some people may find disturbing. So if you need support, please check the show notes or visit our website. What's up, y'all? I was gonna say we're back, but like you never left and I did, kinda, and I still don't know if I'm here or not, so. You know, I feel like I'm the only constant here, but that's okay. It's all good. You're here with me today and that's all that matters. I'm here. I made it. I made it. (sighs) So today's topic, this one's hella heavy. Oh, it's this one it's so when people ask me like is forensics hard it, it's hard but the one that i take the hardest is this one you know i don't know that any one of us doesn't take it hard yeah that's very true you never get used to it never get used to it never get jaded by it it's just something that's gonna aggravate each and every one of us every single time Never, never, never. So what constitutes child sexual assault? (sighs) Okay, okay, okay. Y'all bear with me while I read this. Well, I gotta be the one to read this. Okay. So child sexual assault is any sexual contact between an adult and child defined as touching with the intention of sexually arousing the child or providing sexual arousal for for the offending party kissing by one whose purpose is like touching fondling of genitals or other parts of the body in a sexual or prolonged manner you can't see me but i'm like cringing like why the question is why but wait there's more god overt sexual contact such as oral genital contact or manual stimulation of genitals or intercourse any behavior that is intended to stimulate the child sexually or to sexually stimulate the abusing person through the use of the child, including showing the child erotic materials, photographing the child in a sexual manner, or talking sexually to the child. This is so fucking gross. Um, sexual contact by a person that is an older developmental stage than a child. Even children in the same developmental stage can experience the act as abusive if physical, emotional harm is inflicted or used as coercion. So just keep in mind, y'all, that these are not legal definitions and they can vary from state to state. You have to contact your local governing agency or police department if you're not sure if um, child sexual abuse or assault has occurred. What the hell? Y'all just see Nurse Joy right now. She's like twitchy, cringy. Because like, why? Why? There are so many other things you could be doing with yourself. No, for real. Like these nasty motherfuckers are like the scum of the earth. And that's why they get what they get in prison. Every time I did a child sexual assault, other than like straight anger, it was like straight disgust. Like, ew, why? It's disgusting. Like I said, 20 million thousand other different ways to do this and you choose this one. Why? Why? Fuck, why? Ugh. And then there's just the fact that some people are so open with it. Like, what makes you so comfortable with your nasty ass twisted mind to just openly talk about this? Like, 
that you're into this. We talk about Jared from Subway, the the documentary we watched. Hey, excuse me, what the fuck was that? Nah, for real, what the fuck was that? If y'all haven't watched that, it's on Hulu. It is some wild shit, and it takes you deep into the nasty-ass mind of these pedophile-ass motherfuckers. But then on the other side, I have to check myself sometimes. Like, bitch, why the fuck did you watch that? Like, why the hell would you subject yourself to that shit? I don't know. I don't fucking know why I watched it, too. And it came up on, like, my fucking streaming, and I was like... Huh, and then I push play because I'm I push play, I don't know. And I just stop watching the trailer. It's a train wreck. It just it just keeps going and you just can't look away and I don't know why I did that to myself, but So here's the crazy thing in talking about child sexual assault or CSA as we call them, every nine minutes government authorities respond to another report of child sexual abuse. Nine minutes. I mean, this is going to be edited down, but we've probably already been recording for nine minutes. And that means in this time that you've been listening to this, government authorities have responded to report of a CSA. That's how common this nasty shit is. What is that average out to six times an hour? Right-ish. Why? Why? Pick a hobby. Do something else. For all you fucking nasties. Children under 18 still count. So 16, 17, I don't care. They're not mean. That is still child sexual abuse. No, no. Fucking groomers. Nope, nope, nope. Do do you remember being that age and like hearing your friends say like, oh, they were with some like older guy and you being like, oh my God, how cool. And then now we're adults looking back and being like, that's creepy as fuck. Ooh, girl, I can tell you so many instances of that. Like, and I remember like getting picked up by my friend's boyfriends during high school, you know, rolling around doing who knows what going who knows where it just goes to show like how immature you still are at that age. You don't even see like the problem with it and you have no idea what you're getting yourself into or what position you're putting yourself in. So if you haven't noticed yet, for whatever fucking reason, this is a huge ass problem in America. Fucking gigantic, 20,000 tall foot red flag, guys. I mean, think about it. We hear about this popping up everywhere, right? In a lot of major organizations, in churches, you know, sports organizations, uh, hospitals, schools you name it and csa has happened dude it's yeah. just so many children wait to report or never report child sexual abuse therefore the numbers below likely underestimate the true impact of the problem although estimates vary across studies the research the research shows adult retrospective studies show one in four women and one in six men were sexually abused before the age of 18 of child victims don't tell anyone about their abuse for a year and 45% don't tell anyone for at least five years. And then obviously some we never hear about because they never disclose. Five years is a long time. Yeah. And then we also have the issue of statute of limitations, right? And that can vary from state to state. So a lot of times when you're young, maybe you're scared and you don't feel comfortable disclosing, but then you become an adult and all of a sudden you're comfortable And by then, sometimes it can be too late. Yeah, like in the eyes of the law, it's too late. But I feel like Mm -hmm. that should change, you know. 
Right. Because I, I feel like a lot of the times um, victims never disclose because they feel like nothing's going to happen and that's just not okay and that's not right. So there needs to be something done or something changed because that's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of these offenders are not one and dones, right? So if they did it when the victim was a child, they're probably still doing it by the time the victim's an adult. Back to what you're saying about something needing to be done. A lot of the times when we get sexual assault victims um, come in for an exam, a common theme that they'll say is that they feel like police are not taking them seriously. Exactly. Exactly. That part can be really discouraging. And then even some of the questions that we have to ask when we're filling out our sexual assault um, form some of the questions can be real discouraging too because it makes the victim feel like, oh, now these people don't believe me or now these people don't take me seriously because some of the questions asked, were you drunk? Were you drinking? Did you take drugs? Like those kind of things can be um, very off-putting to a victim. And it's sad because you should be comfortable and willing to talk about your experience and not turned off by it, you know? Yeah, and then just because you're drunk or high or whatever doesn't give anyone the right to assault or abuse you. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of my child sexual assaults, um, when I ask them, has this been the first time, they always say no. Um, Always. Yeah. I feel like thinking about it, I can't remember one that said that this was the first time. So, Right, because by the time they're coming to us, it's happened... And I don't want to speak for everybody, but from the ones that I've experienced, it's happened so many times that they're finally at their breaking point and they feel like they need help and they can't take it anymore. So they're now coming to us. Or the parent has said that it's been enough, like I, I need to put a stop to this or whatever the situation may be. So nearly 70% of all reported sexual assaults, including assaults on adults, occurred to children ages 17 and under. Wow, I didn't know that. That's all sexual assaults, adult and child. Um, that's crazy. Um, youth, youths have higher rates of sexual assault victimization than adults. The sexual assault victimization rate for youths 12 to 17 is 2.3 times higher than for adults. I just, I'm, why are people so fucked up? Why are people You're sick? So sick. Why? Maybe it's because like they're easier to manipulate, you know? Yeah, I think that's exactly you know? what it is. Um, and so this next bullet point, um, someone known and trusted by the child or the child's family members perpetrates 91% of child sexual abuse. So I have never done a child sexual abuse where the child didn't know the person. You know, now that I think about it, all of mine have two. They've all known the suspect every time. Yeah, always. Every single case I've done for child sexual assaults and the majority of adult sexual assaults, it's been somebody they've known. I think that's another big misconception when it comes to sexual assault is that people always think it's like some random person. When no, it's hardly ever a stranger. Yeah. It's hardly ever a stranger. I feel like I remember one case that it was a stranger. Maybe. But not like, mm-hmm. not like, no, not like this. But then we also have to take into account um, 
people not reporting when they don't know the person because they don't have a description to give or they probably feel even less likely to be believed because you didn't even get a good look at the person. Like, how can they prosecute or catch a person when you don't have a description? And then when it comes to kids and, you know, it usually being someone they know, if we really think about it, you know, kids are taught to not talk or trust strangers. Like trust people you know and family members and stuff like that. So perpetrators report that they look for passive, quiet, troubled, lonely children from single parent or broken homes. Mm-hmm. I hate it here. Perpetrators frequently seek out children who are particularly trusting and work proactively to establish a trusting relationship before abusing them, so they groom. And then this often extends to establishing a trusting relationship with the victim's family as well. So CSAs are hella expensive. They cost our country a lot of money, so we gotta get rid of these fucking freaks. Um, The total lifetime economic burden of child sexual abuse in the United States in 2015 was estimated to be $9.3 billion. Billion, with a B. So that counts like law enforcement, the medical kids, services, court cases, right? Therapy. Hospital bills. Wow. And y'all would say it's $9.3 billion if y'all just weren't nasty. (laughs) Go find something else to do. Oh my God. Do something else. Take up knitting. I don't know. Fuck. It costs $0 to not be a freak. It cost $9.3 billion to fucking be disgusting. So, I mean, which one? Which fucking one? So, who are the perps? Most child sexual abusers are men and maybe respected members of the community drawn to settings where they gain easy access to children like schools, clubs, and churches, which you did mention earlier. Just like Jared from Subway was doing all those talks in those elementary schools. And he was a respected member of the community. See this pattern emerging already. They come from all age groups, races, religions, and socioeconomic classes. And so when, where, how does this happen? A lot of the perpetrators will establish a trusting relationship with the victim's family, like we said before, just so that they can get in there. And then they'll also often use successfully inappropriate comments and increasingly inappropriate touches and behaviors so bad that the abuse is often well underway before the kid even recognizes or realizes that this is an inappropriate or sexual situation. So these are the tactics that they're using to groom the children. And some of the strategies that they use to persuade or groom the victims can be the addition or withdrawal of bribes, maybe it's attention, material things, special privileges, um, and then they'll misrepresent society's morals and standards and the abusive acts themselves. And so then they'll flip the script, they'll externalize the responsibility for the abuse onto the victim and make them feel like it's their fault. I feel like which is fucked people, up. yeah which is super fucked up but buying things for the victim is very common um in a lot of my child sexual abuse stories or victim stories um i remember them saying buying them gifts a lot of gifts um uh, and then they, it's like they gaslighted yeah. they don't live and make them feel like it's their it's fault. their fault like if you didn't wear this or act like this then i wouldn't have had to feel this way about you which is the weirdest Mm -hmm. concept ever to me it's fucking weird yeah 
So 35% of convicted child molesters use threats of violence to keep children from disclosing the abuse. General threats and physical force are also used to prevent detection. So in the form that we use, remember, this is a part of it. So do they threaten you with a weapon? Did they threaten you with um, verbal threats? And then I think the other one is, did they threaten to hurt your family? Or something like that. Parents, your siblings, your friends, your family. Yeah, so I remember their pets. Yeah, I remember that. And then actually in the one where it says like threatened with weapons, there's like a list of weapons. So a gun, a knife, like all these things. Um, That's in the form. So the sexual, the child sexual abuse form that we use is very elaborate and it's really long. Um, Which like a lot of it, it's... I feel like the language I feel like should change because sometimes it'll put like, did they use a condom? And I, I remember having a victim ask me what that was once. She was like, yeah. and she asked me what it was. And I was like, Oof. see, some of them are so young and innocent. Yeah. And then when you're interviewing like a five, six, seven year old, they're not going to know what all that is. They're yeah. not going to understand. What all you that really is. have yeah. to change your language. The what helped me too was the dolls we had like a male doll and a female doll then you would give it to them and it would show you um like where they touched you so this you know the the victim would take the girl doll and point you know where she was touched um instead of saying like did he touch your i don't know breasts or something then there was also that part of the form where we would ask the child what they call certain body parts, like in their own words, and we would record that. And I feel like that helped us to communicate with them more on their level. Yeah, I like that part of the form because then it can um, kind of uh, pinpoint like the the developmental age the child is in. Um, 81% of child sexual abuse incidents for all ages occur in one perpetrator, one child circumstances. Six to 11-year-old children are most likely, 23%, to be abused in multi-victim circumstances. Huh. So what does that mean? Let's see. So, seems like majority. So 81% of child sexual abuse incidences for all ages occur on a one-to-one basis. So one perpetrator to one child. But when you get into the 6 to 11-year-old range, so that, like, school age range, um, they're more likely to be abused in multi-victim circumstances. So maybe one suspect to multiple children victims. So the perpetrator would abuse multiple children rather than, like, one perpetrator, one child? Because yeah. I remember another nurse in our unit had three sisters, remember? And I think they were all about yeah. school age, too. Do you remember them, the three sisters? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they fell in between 6 and 11. Yeah, they did. So I'm okay. Sure so that makes sense. Um, most sexual abuse of children occurs in a residence, typically that of the victim or perpetrator. 84% of sexual victimization of children under age 12 occurs in a residence and 71% of sexual assaults on children age 12 to 17 occur in a residence. Most of them have been in a household. Yeah. Now that I think about my CSAs, what about you? Yeah, I think actually all of mine have too. And I think that it's because maybe because it's a controlled environment um, and the suspect probably feels like they can... I don't know, control the situation better. That's 
Yeah, that's true that it, it makes sense that that would be in a controlled environment, like versus like a public place, like a park or a school or something, or like an after school. Thing. Yeah. So this is also kind of interesting. Uh, sexual assaults on children are most likely to occur at 8 a.m., noon, and 3 to 4 p.m. For older children, ages 12 to 17, there's also a peak in assaults in the late evening hours. Yeah, I wonder why it's in daytime. So this is just me and my experience in the CSAs that I've taken care of. Um, maybe, it, and I always go to mom's boyfriend because, or mom's, whoever mom is seeing in the moment, because that's a lot of times what I've experienced that it has been. But maybe mom's at work and boyfriend or whoever or close friend is babysitting. Or, you know, younger kids, you know, their school days are shorter. So maybe they've gone to school, come home, or maybe it's before school. Who knows? Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. Now that you say that, that makes sense. Because, like, 8 to 4 p.m., it's, like, office hours, right? So, and, like, Mm -hmm. open hours. So maybe somebody is getting babysat or something. And then for the older children, 12 to 17, oh, well, it says they're also. So maybe, like... In the daytime and then in the late evening hours. Well, I mean, 15 and on makes sense because, like, that's high school age. So you're, like, out with your friends or at your, you know, people's houses, other people's houses. So maybe, or, you know, at school. Yeah, you know, maybe you're at school and then you come home and then boom. Um, so one in seven incidents of sexual assault perpetrated by juveniles occur on school days. In the after school hours between 3 and 7 p.m. with a peak from 3 to 4 p.m. Well, there it is. I think it's so crazy how they can pinpoint this and they've researched it down to the time frames. The time frames, yeah. That's wild. So, warning signs in children that child sexual assault may have occurred. Okay, so this is super important. You have to trust your gut. Listen to your instincts, y'all. If you notice that something's not right in a child's life and it's making them or even you super uncomfortable, like you're watching the interactions and you're like, something's just not right and I can't put my finger on why, it's really, really important to trust your gut. Keep watching for signs of abuse. Talk to the child because they may be experiencing abuse and you have to figure out how to talk to them in age-appropriate ways. Exactly. And then also what we had said before that they'll make threats to the child, like I'll hurt your mom, dad, pet, sibling, if you tell somebody. So that may be them being uncomfortable, but being too afraid to tell you anything because these threats were already made, you know. If you're still with us through this heavy ass topic, thank you so much for listening to part one of CSA. We'll have part two for y'all next week. But until then, hug your babies a little bit tighter, pay attention, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode.